Catholic Charities After Supper Visions program offers guests of our Tuesday night supper the opportunity to learn the art of photography. These talented guests who are often experiencing homelessness are offered disposable digital cameras and they work with volunteer professional photographers to learn the basics of taking photos. Then the artists go out and capture images on film of anything they find to be beautiful or interesting in the world. Their photos are amazing. Visit AfterSupperVisions.com to learn more about the artists and their artwork. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn too. At After Supper Visions, we are developing film, talent, and hope. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Another broadcast of Diakonia, a call to service. Diakonia is the Greek word for service. It is also, of course, the root word for deacon. My name is Deacon Richard Hudzik, and I'm privileged to serve the Archdiocese of Chicago as vicar for deacons. And I also get to work and pray with the good people in Westchester, Illinois, at Mary Mother of Divine Grace, a unification of divine providence and divine infant Jesus. And as is usual, we are still in the midst of the COVID crisis. Uh, Joining me via telephone is the Associate Director of the Diaconate Office, Deacon David Brensick, who is also Deacon at Holy Guardian Angels, which is also a unified parish, St. Louis de Marillac and St. Barbara. And those are Brookfield and, I always forget, LaGrange Park. LaGrange Park. LaGrange Park. So, okay, I hear David. I recognize the voice. So, um, welcome, David. Hello, everyone. And uh, joining us today, we've also got Deacon Al Sedevi and also Connie Rakitan, and we'll get to those in a sec, uh, both of you in a second, but uh, before I just glide right over you, good morning, Al. Good morning. And good morning, Connie. Good morning. Okay, we're checking the voice levels here. Good, loud and clear, beautiful. This is a show that the Archdiocese has allowed the deacons to, uh, to put on the air, and it's a show that's dedicated to the call to service and how this call is something for all of God's people, not just those ordained as deacons. And so rather than uh, any effort to blow the horns of the deacons, rather we want to, on the show, talk about what the deacons are doing and invite people to try on for size some of the ministry that the deacons are doing so that we all might participate in the service to God's people. So uh, that's the preliminaries, and we're going to get running here. And I suppose, writ large, the topic for today is is mental illness, the response, uh, the pastoral response to that. And uh, we'll kind of take turns here. 
Um, we'll hit up with uh, Deacon Al first. And Connie, please feel free to jump in, correct Al, whenever he, he steps, uh, <laughs> steps uh, in error. Um, but uh, let's, let's, Al, who are you? When were you ordained? Where do you serve? Sure. Uh, I'm Al Sedeby. Uh, I'm currently assigned to St. Mary the Annunciation in Mundelein. Um, before that, I was assigned at Our Lady Perpetual Help in Glenview. And uh, I got involved in the Ministry of Mental Illness um, probably in my second year of the field training that we had in the diaconate program. And uh, I chose to uh, go to Chicago Reed Mental Hospital um, to receive some training there. And uh, after a few weeks of training, uh, we went into the units and uh, met with some of the patients there. And um, so I finished the training, and uh, it was a great experience for me, and I learned I was able to help some of the a particular person there. And uh, as a result, uh, I felt called to that ministry uh, after ordination, and the chaplain there at Reed uh, invited me back uh, to help out on Sundays and uh, for a while, and a while lasted to be 20 years. Mm -hmm. So uh, during that time, I met um, Connie and Tom and Rita Lambert, who were on the commission, uh, the Arsassin Commission on Mental Illness, and um, still uh, doing work uh, in that area today. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. So this is a you're not a Johnny come lately to the topic by any by any stretch. Um, you mentioned a couple things. Uh, one is the the Archdiocese Commission on Mental Illness. What what is that? Um, it's a group of uh, eight volunteers. Um, people come and go. Um, a couple of deacons and uh, volunteers. Uh, and our 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 goal is to. Uh, make people more aware of what mental illness is and to um, try to break down the stigma that's associated with mental illness and, uh, and, and encourage people to accompany those uh, with that particular illness. So um, we've put together a number of programs over the years. Uh, we've done uh, an annual mass that we started uh, in the Archdiocese and um, we continue to um, put forth these programs to uh, aid and support people who have mental illness in their families. Okay, and it's one of those top, uh, one of those uh, projects, uh, I believe, of the Commission on Mental Illness that I particularly want to talk about today, and this is something that crossed my desk a week or so ago, and that's moving forward in hope. What What is that, and what's that about? Well, um, we realize that um, with COVID going on right now, that um, people felt isolated, uh, many could not attend church. Um, people who have a mental illness sometimes are leery about coming um, to churches anyway because they're not always accepted, and uh, we wanted, they felt even more isolated at home. Um, so we felt we wanted to do something to um, show them that we still supported them and offer them opportunities to prayer and, uh, and to connect. Um, with each other, so we decided to go to Zoom, like uh, many organizations are doing with COVID. And so um, the um, commission got together and um, put together this Zoom program, and we decided to do it um, monthly. And uh, each month we're going to try to uh, come up with a topic. We tie it to Scripture, and uh, we use the Lectio Divina format uh, in the meeting, 
and it uh, draws people into um, discussion and connection. Okay, now if I'm not mistaken, you had your first uh, venture in this uh, on January 26th. Is that have I got that right? Yes, we did a an experimental one uh, in Advent. Okay, and uh, that was successful. And then we tweaked it a little bit and decided that uh, starting in January with the new year, we were going to uh, entitle um, our program as uh, "Moving Forward in Hope" uh, with the new year and uh, the foreseeable end to the virus. And uh, we're now decided to do it every month. It's the fourth uh, Tuesday of every month. Uh, from seven to eight o'clock in the evening. Okay, and so how did the uh, uh, how did the one uh, most recently uh, work out for you? Everything everything uh, humming along nicely, or technological problems, or uh, did it work? Uh, no, we've got fortunately someone on our um, committee is um, very um, technically oriented, and she works at Advocate. And uh, she's been able to um, put together uh, the uh, technical side. Uh, our numbers are growing. I think in uh, the Advent service we had 38 people roughly uh, who registered, and here in January we had 56 people registering. Wow, that's pretty good numbers. How's the uh, word getting out to people about this, Al? I'm sorry? How How is the word getting out to people about this? Uh, oh, um, well... Um, we have it on our website, and uh, what we've been doing is, um, in the course of um, putting together our programs, we've amassed a list of uh, agencies, parishes, parish contacts, and so forth. Um, the uh, distribution list for the vicariates, uh, a number of deacons that we've worked with or contacted over the years, and so we've put together this this uh, list. So we send out a, a bulletin. Uh, or announcement uh, to uh, this list that we've compiled, and uh, then it gets into parish bulletins and uh, word of mouth, and uh, we also have a number of contacts in NAMI, uh, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and other organizations who then spread the word through their sort through their uh, means. Um, so it keeps it keeps growing, and uh, and we're very pleased with the way it's working out. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty good. I also note that uh, on the archchicago.org uh, website, uh, under the where is it under the tab for offices and ministries, and on another tab, persons with disabilities, uh, there's information on sign up and and how to get connected with this with this program. And I'll put that information in the in the show notes as well so that if anybody who's listening to us uh, today uh, is not otherwise connected, they can uh, check on that uh, that web link that I'll that I'll offer. Now L, what is uh, what's the flavor of this? I mean what's what's it like to uh, I guess two questions um, and then I'll I'll let you go. But um, if I sign up, am I signed up for the rest of my life, or can I come and go? Uh, one question I think people have on their minds a lot. And secondly, if I sign up, um, what, what can I expect? Uh, what's expected of me uh, in terms of participation? What's, what's the flavor and shape of this, this evening? Sure. So, uh, uh, no, you, only, you can sign up uh, month by month. Uh, in fact, we ask people to register month by month. And uh, some people um, just try it out a little. They, they come. They do not have to participate if they don't want to. Uh, we start out in, a, in the large group format. Um, Tom Lambert, uh, Deacon Tom Lambert, gives instructions on what we're going to do. 
and explains uh, a little bit about the evening. Then we go to breakout rooms, usually 8 to 12 people in a breakout room with one facilitator. And, uh, and we uh, take people through, basically, we explain how uh, Lexio Divina works, and we take them through that. So we do, we, uh, we have a particular scripture passage that we've selected for the evening, and we read through it, and then we ask people to um, just mention a word or phrase that touches their heart. Uh, and then um, after we go around, and anyone who wants to mention that can, and there's no obligation to do that. And you can uh, you can uh, you can keep your your camera off if that uh, makes you more comfortable. And as you say, you can you can watch, uh, but certainly you, you, your hope is that people will will jump in and, and participate for a, for a richer experience. And am I right? Correct. Yeah. In our last um, session, in my group, for example, uh, I had two people who never turned their camera on. That mm-hmm. was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I and one of the people participated verbally, but the other one didn't participate at all. So that's fine too. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever people feel comfortable with is is what we are we, we want them to do. And no uh, no degrees in scripture are needed. No, so it's not Bible study. It's um, it's basically listening with the ear of the heart, as mm-hmm. Tom says. Okay. Um, and so we expand after that first reading, and we people pick a word that that touches their heart. Then we read it again, and this time we ask them to come up with a, a phrase that uh, expands on that and, and explain how it touches them or what it says to you, and then. We read it the third time, and then this time we uh, ask people uh, to share how they feel God is calling them uh, forth into doing or becoming today, this week, this month, this year, etc. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna jump to a break, but uh, I think the takeaway, Al, is this is a warm invitation. Come if you're able, participate as uh, as you hear yourself called for those suffering with mental illness as well as those accompanying them. Am I am I in the mark there? Correct. Okay, good. And we'll be uh, we'll be back in a moment or two. Stay tuned. Very good. Catholic Charities staff members work every day to end poverty and homelessness. We do this on a one-to-one basis with anyone who asks for help. We also work with organizations who study these issues across our city, state, and nation. The Wilson Sheehan Lab for Economic Opportunities, or LEO, at the University of Notre Dame is one of these research centers. Through our partnership with LEO, Catholic Charities has gained valuable insights into scientific evaluation methods that determine the most effective interventions to help people avoid poverty and homelessness. Along with our experience and compassion, Trusted Research is helping Catholic Charities offer hope and so much more to anyone in need. For more information, visit catholiccharities.net. Hello, I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich. I got my COVID-19 vaccination and you should too. It took just a few seconds and was painless. The Food and Drug Administration determined the new vaccines are safe and effective. And the Holy See, as well as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, 
has concluded getting the COVID-19 vaccine is an act of love of our neighbor and part of our moral responsibility for the common good. We have lived with the pandemic for many months and I know we're all getting tired of it. Vaccination is one of the most important ways you can protect your health and the lives of those you love and help bring the pandemic under control. When it is your turn, I urge you to be vaccinated. And remember to do your part by wearing a mask, washing your hands and watching your distance. Thank you and God bless you all. At my right hand or at my left. And we're back and thank you for staying tuned. Uh, we have the Diaconia Call to Service radio program. Uh, my name is Deacon Richard Hudzik. Joining me as per usual, Deacon Dave Brensick, Associate Director of the Office of the Diaconate. Uh, Connie Rakatan, who we'll turn to just in one second, and Deacon Al Sedevi. So uh, we've uh, gone through a, a, a conversation with, with Al about uh, moving forward and hope. I want to focus now um, on uh, faith and fellowship and, and Connie. So uh, good morning again, Connie. Tell us something about yourself, what faith and fellowship is. Is this Are we in the same ballpark as uh, moving forward in hope, or is this uh, completely uh, foreign territory to you? Um, I think we're in the same ballpark, probably different innings, maybe okay. different players. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, I just am so thrilled to be with the diaconate in this conversation again. Um, faith and fellowship has been going on since 1979, but for the past 30 years or so, we have had um, just powerful connection with the diaconate uh, through the formation of the commission that Ald had just described. Um, we also uh, benefit from the generosity of the, um, the the charitable donations that the diaconate community provides for various ministries. Faith and Fellowship is one of them. And I do and, and I do note, Connie, that uh, I know that I heard the copy running yesterday in the office. Our Lenten appeal letter to the deacons is going out uh, what Dave uh, next week so yes, we'll, next week so we'll be uh, we'll be clubbing them for some uh, some dollars to to share with faith and fellowship so that's uh, say a prayer so that the uh, their, their, their well, generous hearts remain open well I'll do that and I guess the timing of having this conversation is is perfect um, I also want to mention that um, Al had talked about the uh, the field training for the during the formation and um, faith and fellowship um, over the years, not lately, but we have been a, a, a training site for the field training for deacons in formation. And we've also had, again, over the years, not presently, um, a number of deacons who have been part of our part of our ministry. So um, I just feel so, so bonded with um, all of the men and women who are in the diaconate. Um, what Faith and Fellowship does is um, provide a faith formation with and for adults with severe and persistent mental illnesses, people who have schizophrenia, who, sim who are very symptomatic, um, people who have a hard time with the kinds of programs that um, Moving Forward in Hope has, has to offer. We're, we're, we're much more structured. We're much more intentional. 
Um, but let me just read you our, our mission statement here. Faith and Fellowship is called to follow the example of Jesus by bringing an awareness of God's presence and care to people who experience mental illness and to provide for them a welcoming sense of belonging through the formation of communities of faith. And so it's, it's a, it has a social function, but of course in the gospel, Jesus also did a lot of social things. Um, it also has a spiritual and a, and a, and a faith formation aspect. We are, again, as, as Al described, um, we have a positive uh, approach to spiritual well-being, good emotional health. We are scripture-based, and uh, our format uses a liturgical style. Uh, we are It's very structured and very orderly, so that individuals who, um, for example, I think we've all experienced in our parishes individuals who are in, in the throes of symptoms and either talking to themselves loudly or wandering around the church, um, Faith and Fellowship tries to be embracive of individuals like this, using concepts of acceptance and inclusion and relationship. Uh, so kind of like, um, uh, I guess you'd say using small base communities as a vehicle to make sure that people who have these severe kinds of mental illnesses find a welcoming home in the church. Uh, another factor that's very significant is most of our partners, and that's the word that we use to identify our members who have mental illnesses, most of our partners are economically poor. They uh, have very limited income. Most of them live um, on Social Security or Social Security Disability Supplement. Um, many are not able to live independently, so they're living in residential facilities or group homes. So the the need to be to, 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 for the church to be a place where individuals who are very marginalized, partly because of the illness and the symptoms, partly because of the stigma, and partly because of the social circumstances in which they find themselves, where can they go? They come to the church, and so faith and fellowship makes sure that the church is a place where our partners can be loved and and welcomed. Um, we also, as much as we can, incorporate our partners in social and uh, uh, liturgical events within the parish. We're working right now out of St. Catherine, St. Lucie, and Oak Park in Austin, although we have uh, volunteers who work in the program from various parishes. We also have students from Catholic Theological Union and Dominican University doing their field ed with us. So is, are, we, the, uh, are these the, the group meetings, are they at St. Catherine, St. Lucie, or are there, are there other sites? Right now, they're all at, we have three, and they're all at St. Catherine, St. Lucie. Okay, okay. Um, and and uh, to, to give you an example, a year ago, St. Catherine, St. Lucie had a celebration for African American heritage, and one of our partners was asked by the liturgy committee to carry the American flag in the entrance procession. We were using the tricolor African American flag, the papal flag, and the American flag. And this is a guy who is not always in touch with reality, who feels very lonely. A lot of times he's very fearful. He has a lot of anxiety. Um, and so for him to be invited to do this, and it wasn't tokenism. It was like, hey, Eric would be a good guy to do this. Let's ask him. 
Interestingly enough, Eric comes from Mexico, and I am not sure of his legal status, but afterwards he said that he felt so proud doing that. He said he felt by carrying in the American flag that he was being a soldier defending his country. And for a person who doesn't have an opportunity to be included, for a person who is by virtue of a mental illness and also a culture and a nationality that often experiences a lot of marginalization, for him to feel this embraced and this needed was was a very powerful experience for him. And so this is the kind of thing that we try to foster in Faith and Fellowship. And as I say, our vehicle is small group faith sharing, where we have a small number of partners, maybe four, five, six, and about an equal number of catechists. And we use the word catechist in more or less of a... Um, um, based community kind of way, not an instructional way, um, a, a number of catechists, so that we're companioning each other, so that the focus isn't just on mental illness, the focus is on our, our journey of faith. And so rather than using the RCIA model of breaking open the Word and allowing that to be applied to our lives, we break open our lives and allow our lived experience to be shared with one another in the context of God's love. Um, we, we use a, a symbolic process, and one example is um, we were using a balloon, a helium-filled balloon, and talking about feeling free. And one of, our, one of our partners said, I never feel free. She says, I'm not able to see my children. I'm stuck in this nursing home. I have to take this medication that I hate. I am never free. And we listened to her pain and accepted it without trying to cheer her up or jolly her up. We just embraced her in love. Later on, she said, I need to say something else. And she said, I have to say, I feel free when I'm here. Mm. I don't feel that I'm being judged. I can be myself. I can laugh. I can sing. If I'm in a bad mood, I can sit and be quiet. And so this is the kind of um, uh, growth and... Um, uh, growth, and I'm having a senior moment. I can't remember the word. Um, just the power of God's grace that a small faith-sharing community with people engaged in love can share with each other. Now, that's, that's beautiful, Connie. I mean, it's just uh, a testimony to the to the good work that's uh, done by the people at Faith and Fellowship, as well as the, your, your partners who, uh, you know, are in a, this trusting relationship with you. If I wanted to connect uh, as a catechist or if somebody in my family might benefit from this or if I myself might benefit as, as a partner, how, how do I connect with, with you, with Faith and Fellowship? Well, the best way would be to call the office, and I'll give you that number real quick. It's 708-383-9276. That wasn't very quick. Can't you do faster than that, Connie? 
Uh, <laughs> no, no, wait, 383-9276. There we go. Beautiful. We, uh, I'll put we that. Are also, we also have a link on the Archdiocesan Commission's webpage. Right. And that link can connect us, can connect you with our email. And that those are the two best ways. Okay. And I will, uh, as uh, as I mentioned with the uh, uh, Forward in, in Hope, I'll, I'll also put that. Uh, it's basically the same information uh, in the show notes to this uh uh, to this sure. uh, on, on the arch website for for the program today so that's so that's good um, al Connie what being is there life here are there hope do you see uh, are you transformed where's spiritually how does this affect you and we've got I'll, I'll ask that huge question and we've got about uh, about 60 seconds so uh, that's that's easy to do isn't it good 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 help good stories okay I'll just I'll just jump in really really quick. Um, I started this in 1979 at the request of a pastoral associate at St. Catherine's, a nun with tears in her eyes, couldn't say no, didn't want to do it, kicking and screaming. That was 79, and I'm still here. Beautiful. Obviously, I have been transformed. Absolutely wonderful. Thank thank you both, Al. Thank you, Dave. Uh, Thank you, Connie. Uh, I'll put the details on this in the show notes on the Arch webpage. So God bless you, and thank you for doing this work that you do. God bless you all. Thank you. God bless. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.